Podcraft. Ah, good afternoon. This is uh, Puff coming at you live once again from the CBI studios here at AB Tech's Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast. Uh, and right now we're going to talk a little bit to uh, a very special guest, a very, very special guest. VSG? Yeah, v- uh, VSG. Awesome. So he is uh, my, one, actually one of my mentors. I don't want to tear up a little bit here. Uh, you uh, were, uh, that's BS. No, that is, <laughs> I've learned as much from you as I've learned from damn near anybody. Um, so his name is John Lida. He is a full-time faculty member here at the CBI. Uh, he helps with uh, just about everything here. He's a curriculum teacher. He helps people coming in off the street looking to improve their products, improve their brand, improve their name. He's a uh, the master of everything. Uh, his name is John Lida. Welcome, John. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so we, unfortunately for everybody out there, we work uh, a lot together because we're here pretty much every day with students. And so uh, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. But we're going to start this segment out with a little segment we refer to as Booze Clues. So, John, in front of you, there is a glass. A glass. Well, it could be anything. It could be apple juice. I don't know. I I might play a joke on you. It kind of looks like somebody did a a test, a employment qualification (laughs) test, should I say? Are you saying I gave you a glass of piss? (laughs) Maybe. Is it urine? It's not mine. It might be urine. <laughs> well, first of all, it's not warm, but I could have cooled it off. No, it is a little warm, actually. Crafty like that. No, it's not pee. Uh, there, there, you have your first hint. There's your clue. It's not pee. Hmm. So, go ahead. Take a drink. Tell me what you think it is. Taste... <clears throat> Faintly of pina, <laughs> pina, all, all pina. Everybody has opinions, right? <laughs> no, I picked that out because I knew you would know exactly what it was because you are an enthusiast. A tequila, <laughs> yeah, tequila indeed. Uh, John, you spent uh, quite a few years in this industry. And in your retirement, you called me up and said, hey, you got anything for me to do? And I said, you stupid. (laughs) I mean, yeah, supply right here. We we can't cuss on this, can we? We can't not not cuss. Okay, there you go. Well, I mean, it's not like we're trying to cuss. Okay. Pretend like you're not talking to your children. (laughs) (laughs) So that being said, uh, you joined uh, the program. You've been teaching now for three years. It has been three years, hasn't it? Seriously, three years. Holy smokes, it goes by fast. Yes, it does. And uh, you were certainly hesitant at first, but now you've nailed it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody's a big fan of yours, and certainly you've helped improve everything that we do here. And what do we do here at the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast? What do we not do? Oh, that's even better. That's that's the question. Um, Well, right now we're not doing wine as much as we should. We're working on but that. But we're working on that. We're working on that. Yes. So, so it's brewing, distillation, and fermentation. The first two-year degree in the country. Associates of Applied Science, what you get here. Uh, accredited community college here in the southeast. 
lots of hands-on stuff. So that's one of the big things that this whole program appealed to you is mm-hmm. because we can talk about how to brew. We can read a book on how to drive a car, but that doesn't mean I'm going to give you my car keys. Mm-hmm. So we make the students go down there and do stuff. That's, that's a big, big hands-on experience. Like when they graduate here, they should know how to CIP a tank, which stands for clean in place. I mean, they should be able to start a cleaning loop. They should be able to start a sanitizing loop. They should be able to tie their boots. They should be able to handle those triclover clamps. Yeah, which is funny with to say. finesse. <laughs> they should be able to do it one-handed by the time they leave. That's right. Um, that being said, we uh, we've you know we've even expanded stuff since you've been here. Uh, you were a huge proponent of adding uh, stainless welding. Yes. And that's, down, that's coming. Yes. That's down the pipeline. We're working on getting that here. Uh, that's <clears throat> it, actually closer than it, it's ever been. We're not going to teach you welding per se. But you could take a, a con ed class, and we're doing some workforce development. If, if you're a welder and want to learn more about the brewing side of things and you want to get into sanitary welding, mm-hmm. we can certainly come up with a, something there. One thing we will show you um, during the coursework is what's a good weld, what constitutes a good weld, and what constitutes a bad weld. So you don't get any hack welders in there. Um, You you can actually see that it's not sanitary. uh, Well, and and if you're buying used equipment. Yes. There's a ton of it out there, uh, whether it's good or bad, and a lot of it's somewhere. I mean, there's good and bad with everything, but there's a lot of it. And what constitutes a good good stainless uh, metal, solid stainless metal, um, and bad stainless metal. Uh, there's a there's a difference, and y- you can tell the difference when you're welding it the way it pops. Oh yeah, like, this um, is, yeah. Uh, and, <clears throat> yeah. And, you, and you've seen some of my welds. <laughs> there's certain uh, <laughs> certain uh, let's say uh, countries out there that uh, are flooding the market with some bad stainless. Yeah, and it, well, actually, we've seen it at some breweries. I went to a brewery. I'm, I'm not going to say the name. They bought a pilot system, but uh, a magnet stuck to it. That's not uncommon. It, which for three hundred four or three sixteen? Yeah, that is uncommon for that. Yeah, but you look at you look at uh, restaurant equipment. A lot of that restaurant equipment um, magnets stick to that. True, but it's still you know decent stainless steel. Yeah, well, and it's I know we always had a a giant magnet in our trash can mm-hmm. to catch the silverware that falls through, but that's like four hundred grade. Yeah, that when I'm talking three sixteen three hundred four yeah. like. Like, like what they're trying to sell you. Brewing tanks. Yeah. <laughs> Brewing tanks should not have a magnet stick to it. Nor should they start rusting. Well, no. Not if you take care of them. Yeah. Well, we've seen all sorts of crazy things. And we, we've been involved and we've tried to help people out locally. And, and uh, we've been to a lot of great facilities and had uh, a lot of great experiences. And the one thing that we do is uh, occasionally we, we drink at these places, too, to, to help them. No. We do. <laughs> it's not even something we want to do. We do it for the kids. That's right. We do. Um, it's, for the, it's for the students. It's, you and I don't get to drink anymore. It's not. It's research for the student. That is true. It's, it's this, not. Well, I don't even enjoy it anymore. This is true. Well, I, that's well, kind of no. why I yeah. a little bit there. So the other thing we do um, is if, if said businesses are having problems you know that's one of the things we do here is try to help troubleshoot yeah through the craft beverage institute i mean it's not just a curriculum program so we we've been out and tried to troubleshoot businesses the other thing that we've done is helped uh develop product here Mm -hmm. and we've had people come in and, and ask about this you know crazy crazy craft beverage industry and we've actually developed a few things here 
uh, to, to kind of help people get excited about their business, foster what their passions for, uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting, it's interesting mix of eclectic people that come through here. We've had people inquire about all sorts of things, whether it be, uh, tea, we've, we've helped a tea client, which, uh, I hope to be interviewing very soon. We've helped uh, ginger beers and and meads ciders and ciders and be a ton of brewing companies. Distillates, yeah, a lot of distillates too, as well. That yeah. might, that craft distillation is something that we've added to the curriculum, uh, even before a little bit before you got here. Is something that I was passionate about before I got here, but uh, we've added that to the curriculum because we can see the the interest in micro distillation and some of these craft things that are coming out into the marketplace and competing for market share. Um, which has been interesting to see, you know, some of the flavors mm-hmm. that uh, we've we've had a student here. He actually just won a gold medal at the GABF. Yes, he did. He's uh, uh, working out in Colorado. He's a graduate of the program. He came through, uh, did the distillation class, and he made a spruce tip gin. That was unbelievable. It really was good, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I couldn't say that in front of him, but he's gone now. and. I mean, seriously, what are the chances he'll ever listen to this? He won't, um, especially since I'm not going to send send him a link to this. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So you've uh, you've been teaching here now for a little while. Now what did? Now you also poured me something. We did this in in, in secret. Uh, we we came in here and you sat this glass. Uh, this a very wobbly glass. Well, it's it's. <laughs> It's a crazy class. We had, we both have one from a student. He came in and gave this these classes, and they come to a point at the bottom. So when you set it down, it looks like it's going to fall over every time, and you grab for it, and it's fine. It just kind of rotates around. It's a, it's a crazy-looking glass. But uh, you poured me a little something, and now I will also do research for our students, a.k.a. our second children. I think it's called a little something-something. A little something <laughs> That's actually a beer. You can't you can't actually call it that. No, you can't. But that's a Lagunitas beer. <clears throat> yes, it is. And your thoughts? Well, I uh, I only gamble when I eat out because that's always a gamble, right? And I'm not a betting man. But if I were betting, I'd put uh, all my money on some sort of scotch. And because you're a scotch drinker, well, I am a an enthusiast. I enjoy. I don't really turn away anything really with. I mean, I do it for the students. It's not that I'm partial to one thing or another. I, I don't. I don't not not like scotch. I mean, okay, yeah, I like scotch. <laughs> <laughs> you like scotch like I like tequila. Uh, yeah. You admit uh, it. Go ahead. Well, the, the the love you have for tequila, I enjoy tequila. I, I good tequila, good mezcal and soto and bacanora, and um, some of the things from that area. It's they're all amazing. Um, but but scotch for me is so. I used to brew in the uh, the middle part of the country at, at a brewery for about ten years um, commercially after I graduated from the UC Davis program. <laughs> and I know you're a Siebel grad and we're like the sharks on the jets in here, but people need to know why they should listen to this. So we, you know, you have 22 year plus experience of commercial brewing. You went through the Siebel Institute, which uh, incidentally, <clears throat> excuse me, they had, uh, tequila. Good yeah, it is. 
I'm getting a little verklempt here. Verklempt. <laughs> they, uh, they required three years professional experience just to get in the program. And that was a big benefit. I imagine it was a benefit. Yeah. I imagine it Because was. you go in there and uh, it's such a condensed course that you go in there and you don't get lost right off the bat. Now, no, we, we did have a baker. We had a baker that somehow uh, worked his way into the system because he said we deal with yeast. Well, in the bakery, and he was so lost. No, it, well, we just had a student graduate from our program and go off to the Siebel Institute. Yep. And he's over in Germany right now. Just, you know, as much knowledge as you guys can get on these subjects, the better off you're going to be not only in the industry, but just as a consumer. You know, if you're going to be consuming the craft, <laughs> cheap plug, yeah. uh, you, you know, the more you understand about what you're putting in uh, in the glass and then, you know, consuming yourself, is you're going to be at an advantage. So. For 10 years, I brewed. For 22 years, you brewed. Uh, the gentleman that owned the place I brewed at was... So, I, I like scotch. He was... Um, the term fiend may be come across. Fiend? Fiend. <laughs> it's more than enthusiast. I'm trying to think of a word that's like... I don't want to use the term addict because that, that has some negative connotations. Mm-hmm. But he would, uh, he would introduce me to some of these scotches that certainly on... Uh, he was basically a scotch hoe. Yes, he really. Well, it's funny you say that. <laughs> um, but he introduced me to the world of, of single malts in stuff that I know we do. You and I do this for the money. Let's be honest. Oh, we do. No, that the. I mean, we teach for the money. No, and the, we brood for the money. Oh, the absorbent amount of money in this industry. Just <sighs> it's like, oh, let's go home and sleep on giant mattresses and money. <laughs> no, that. Well, oh, my sofa's. You know, filled with money no, too. No, and that's like yeah, because you know, just piles and piles. Where, where, where else are you going to put we, it when your mattress? We is can't full? bank it. I mean, no bank in the world could handle all the stuff. We're no, making. it's all cash, right? <laughs> just a cash system. So we do this for the money. But he would buy really expensive uh, bottles of scotch, and he was always gifted really expensive bottles of scotch. And I got, I was lucky enough to try some some stuff that I'll be honest, I'm not ever going to be able to afford again. Mm. And there's something like 1952 Glenn Fairclass Ooh. that I don't even know. Like I'm, I'm about to cry just talking about it. 63, <laughs> you, 72. You can still savor it. Can't yeah. You? Like the 30 year old Glenn Fittick, that stuff is, I don't even know how to describe it. I've just really had an amazing experience with scotch. Now my first experience with tequila threw me off of tequila. <laughs> And that's probably why I didn't develop a, as much passion as you've developed over the years because you've had you've had some pretty amazing oh, tequila. Now I grew up on two fingers. Okay. Oh, well, see, I did that's, not. That's my high school tequila. Well, that's, two finger tequila. No. And how I stomached that, I have no no idea. I grew up on Jose Cuervo. That's even. Oh, I went up. That was <laughs> that was if I had money. <laughs> Some Cuervo gold. <laughs> but that, I mean, not to take anything away from those two brands, but certainly there are more expensive, more complex varieties out there. We're talking about mixtos versus, you know, añejos or reposados or extra añejo, which mm-hmm. is, you know, only a couple years old, that category. But there are some, and, and tequila, for those people that are listening, is one of the most expensive liquors to make. Sure it is. Because the agave takes 10 to 12 years to grow. Yeah. And when you're talking about some of these other products like scotch, yes, it's aged a long time, but uh, you you don't have that 10 to 12 year growing period and the labor it takes to take the agave, specifically with tequila blue agave, uh, and turn it into that product. It, it there's a You can definitely taste the passion in an artisanal tequila 
and some of the other things that are brought to market now these days, there's a lot of a lot more choices than we used to have. Yeah. And even if you're distilling right now, you can't call it tequila. Well, unless you're from the Jalisco region in Mexico. That's right. Um, and, and we the, made some some of the students and 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 bless their heart, <laughs> they got some agave. I, I bought the agave nectar because I know your passion for the tequila, <clears throat> and and made some tequila for me. Well, we'll call it agave spirit, agave based spirit. That's it. And it actually we we aged it, and that's one of the beautiful things about uh, what we do here. Is we have so many opportunities to uh, play around with things. And I think that's why. That one of the fun things about this, like yeah. we get a, an idea or an inkling or we can just we can get the students excited about it and then we just go do it. Yeah. Like the rye that we just malted. Yeah. So we, we bought a bag of rye and we had the students malt it and we're going to turn that into uh, a spirit as well. So it's, you know, from grain coming out of the field to uh, a glass of product at some point, um, start to finish. It's just a kind of an interesting thing mm-hmm. to see them learn and kind of keep going through with this. Uh, now, UC process. Davis, did you guys do malting? We talked about it. You didn't do it. We, we did. You know, at Siebel's, we actually malted our yeah. grain and brewed with it. Yeah, how'd that beer turn out? Because <laughs> I know you told me. <laughs> well, I, I had some, uh, let's, let's just say it's a very large brewery. Um, maybe Dutch-ish. <laughs> I had some guys from there too, and they wanted they wanted to do a a American light lager with barley that we malted ourselves. Uh, not a very good idea, <laughs> you know. And those beers, let's be quite honest with everybody listening, those beers are a challenge to make. Uh, they're not devoid of flavor by any means, but anything that would be off in one of those beers is going to be amplified, you know, by a lot. So yep. the, the the flavor threshold of off flavors in those particular beers are smaller than if you're drinking a oh, Russian was, Imperial Stout. There was a lot of amplification. <laughs> so, so it wasn't as successful as you first deemed. No, I, I knew it wasn't going to be successful. Okay. Um, but they had high hopes. So that's all good. So, um, so but no, that's, that's kind of the thing that... We, the, didn't, we never brewed with the grain we malted. I mean, we sprouted some grains and saw the acrospire. Mm-hmm. So when, as the grain sprouts and it grows a little root and there's some root lip material and some sh- uh, shoot, it's called acrospire. Once that length of that little shoot gets about oh three quarters of the length of the kernel and then that's when you basically stop that malting i mean there's certainly more to it than that we just we were lucky enough to have uh somebody from a north carolina malting facility come here and talk to the students as well so it's it's not just you know as much as the students love to hear us talk we do have people that uh, are in the fields that we're really, we're we're lucky where we're at yeah because we're in Asheville, North Carolina, a.k.a. Beer City, USA. We have nine hard cideries within 50 miles. We have somebody making sake. There's a ginger beer company. There's a ginger ale company. There is uh, the most visited winery in the world, another urban winery that just opened. As far as craft beverage goes, we, we pretty much have a little bit of everything. Yes, we do. Gourmet soda. There's the... Uh, There's kombucha. Kombucha, yeah, Bucci Bucci. Uh, kombucha here. I, what else is there? I mean, there's. We have so many things being made. The only thing we don't have is kefir. Shh, don't no, tell no. anybody. Actually, Bucci's doing it now. Are they doing it? Yeah, they're bottling it and putting it out there. Excellent. Yeah, no, kefir's here. Kefir is actually here. Is it milk kefir or is it water kefir? I, that I don't know. Okay. That I, I can look into it. We have one of our students that works uh, part time there. Yeah. So we can just ask her. Because she's smart, she'll know. 
<laughs> you and I, not so much. <laughs> not, not so much. <laughs> so, so if you were looking for a program, we both went to some, some pretty reputable places. Let's be honest. Yeah. And, and the beautiful part of that is, um, <clears throat> how do I put this nicely? Uh, Jeff brings some stuff from his program that he was in. Uh, it's a few things. And then like, like, I've got all the Siebel stuff. <laughs> so it's, it, we both have been trained. I mean, we both went to school for this stuff. You have a business degree. I do. I have a degree in biology. And so we have, uh, you know, in the, in the one. Let's not forget Jim. That's the wild card right there. Boom. Jim is our lab manager. And for those of you that have not heard of Jim, he's an international treasure. You know what? He's, he's a world treasure. I mean, he's really the Wait, seventh it, wonder of the world. Inter international and world, isn't that about the same? Mm, there's no galactic. Lot. He's galactic. a galactic treasure. Inter intergalactic. There you go. He's, he's, he's a gentleman that uh, retired from the research triangle. He is a microbiologist by trade. He worked in the microbiology field for a long time, he, for over 40 years. Uh, I will tell you that he started at age five because he would want me to say that, but he's very, very quiet about that. <laughs> he's a spry young man. Yes. No, but he, uh, he's amazing. He's great with the students. Uh, as far as anything in the micro industry, he's, the guy's brilliant and we're very, very lucky to have, we are, are adjuncts. We have students wanting to come back and teach for us now. Um, you we, actually have a student that came back and taught. Is well, teaching Greg Hill right now. Yes. Uh, the head cider maker at Urban Orchard. He's coming back. Uh, next semester, we have Dave Lawrence coming back. Get out. No, for real. Dave is a, Dave is the oldest graduate of the program. Dave is awesome. Uh, he could uh, pretty much outrun both of us. He was way in better shape than either one of us will probably ever be. And he came through the program, and he's uh, now working at a little brewery up in Bristol. Mm -hmm. And he, he contacted me a while back because he used to teach at ETSU and now he's coming back to teach, uh, teach students here. We've also got to, the, the, the other thing about the industry here is we have a bunch of bloom industries. So we have CPAs that are specific about breweries. We have lawyers, uh, specifically Rebecca that comes in and teach our, our legal issues class that she will be here next semester and talk about someone who's sharper than anybody else. And we've got Don Dicey. Oh, Don. Don't yeah. forget about Don Dicey. No, Don is a, a, an amazing guest lecturer. He's been cleaning. <clears throat> so, you know, the job of a brewer is an underpaid janitor. There, there I said it. People need to know that before <laughs> they, they get They do in. need to know that. And so it, it's, uh, he comes in and, and, and gives a presentation about, uh, about cleaning and sanitation. And we got the Canadian Connection that comes down and talks about automation and steam uh, generation. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Uh, we've got uh, an amazing pool of people to choose from yeah. because of the area that we're in. We've got people coming from all these amazing breweries and sharing their knowledge, uh, wineries and cideries and bears. Oh, my. Oh, my. That was a trailblazer thing because we're the trailblazers and we're a bear now. Oh, that's right. I, yeah. You forgot that, did I you? forgot that. Well, that's recent. It is a recent. Relatively recent. So we are the, the AB Tech trailblazers. And we're mascots of bear. The bears. Bears. <laughs> that's all I got to add to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, the bears. The... So that's a little bit of background about us. And I want to thank John for sitting down and talking to me. Uh, we're going to uh, continue doing this podcast. We'll see if anybody consumes it. If there's any topics you guys want to uh, hear from us 
My email address is J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-M, as in Michael, I-R-V-I-N, at abtech.edu. Shoot me an email. I'll find an expert. I'll make them come here and drink with me in moderation. And we'll cover the topic that you guys are looking for because there's no reason why we can't educate people not only in the classroom, but on this podcast. And that's really what this is all about, a little bit of education. That's been a lifelong goal. It has been. Is to help other people out. Well, because, I've, you know, the whole uh, <clears throat> floating ships and things like that. Rising tide floats all ships. Thank is that you. what you're saying? That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> this is good tequila, by the way. <laughs> the three fingers, the four, the nine fingers of tequila. That Not you just ten. Can, <laughs> the ten fingers of tequila. <laughs> the ten, ten fingers of tequila that you just consume. No, uh, everything in moderation, kids. Thanks for joining us at the Craft Beverage Institute of the Southeast. Once again, this is Consuming the Craft uh, with uh, Puff. And thanks for joining us. Cheers. Cheers.